This is episode 48 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gellner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my extraordinary women friends. I love today's interview with Kate Bradley Chernus. Kate is the founder and CEO of Lately. Kate's a former rock and roll disc jockey turned tech CEO, and she is as real as they come. We belong to a marketing group together, and I have a huge affinity for what Kate is putting out into the world. Her product, Lately, is my favorite tool that I'm using in my business right now. It's an all-in-one marketing dashboard that gives me a quick one-stop place to see all of my marketing activities and social efforts and the metrics and the results of those efforts. And it gives me a simple way to create and schedule new social content. The dashboard allows me to see what's working, who's engaging, and it helps me get better with delivering social media content that people really engage with. It's a, it's a great tool. And at the end of the interview, I actually share how the Lately product really helped my business keep going this past month. And it enabled me to turn my focus to some really important family matters. I am forever grateful to have had the ability to make these important choices, which enabled me to put my focus on what was most important to me at the time, my family. When I turned all of my focus to my family, my business kept running and I am forever a Lately fan. You know, and as an entrepreneur, as a CEO of my own company, as a coach to many, it feels so important to me to model being able to make solid life choices like these on what's most important in our life. You know, to slow down and think about what's most important on any given day and be able to make those good choices. I was able to make that kind of a choice and happy that my company really didn't skip a beat in the mix of those right choices. That is what living a good life is about. And for me, that's the kind of business that it's really important for me to be able to, to grow and develop and to lead and to model that and share that for my, my clients and to my listeners even today. So always be asking yourself, what's most important in life and what do you need to make space for? And you know, if, if you have good tools around you, and, and I had a good support team around me that was able to do some things that, that kept everything going, those are such good choices that you can make. In our interview today, Kate shares what it is like to raise $2.2 million in the tech world as a woman. And she gives some great advice to my listeners who are out there raising capital right now. We talk about marketing and we and creating real relationships and real connections. Kate shares how she listens to her intuition and how important it is to just show up as ourselves. It's a fun interview, and I know you're going to love this. Let's meet Kate Bradley Chernus of Lately. Well, welcome, Kate. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here on Extraordinary Women Radio. Hey, Cammie. How are you? It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to uh, be doing this with you. Yes. And it's, you know, I'm such a fan of, of lately of your company, of your product. And so it's really fun to feature you here. I I'm a big user of, of, of your 
tools and I just love your tools. So thank you for developing thank those. You. They make my life easier. Oh my gosh. I'm, I am blushing through the phone here. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) And so you started a number of companies. Tell us about the very first company you started. How did you start that very first company? Yeah. So I was actually, um, so I'm going to, so, so I was in, in another life I was in radio, which we can talk about um, in, in a little bit, but the, the short or the shortest story I can tell you is that when I, I was, I was at XM and I was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day. Yay. And it was wow. lots of fun. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I'd been in radio for a long time actually. And th- there was some stuff that wasn't lots of fun. And, and that was, um, you know, it was pretty male dominated um, environment and really um, I had ideas and I was really squashed a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of a wild horse and, and there just wasn't a lot of room for that there. And I, so I was really frustrated and it was the point where my body, like I was actually getting sick and I was getting panic attacks and, um, rashes. And like, I, I tore a ligament in my ankle. It's this constant thing. And so everything in my whole body was being like, get out of this, you know? Um, and so I actually made a lateral move to, um, um, another company, a music company, um, not radio, but something similar. And actually the same stuff was happening there. I was really uncomfortable. I wasn't feeling like I was listening to, I was crying all the time. And I was always like, I hate my job, hate my job. And so my dad, um, shook me by the shoulders lovingly. And he was like, (laughs) (laughs) he was like, you can't work for other people. There's no shame in that. And I had an epiphany. I was like, Oh, Oh, I don't have to work for other people. What right? a gift like, he gave you. He did. Cause like I had this, I had it in my mind that I was disappointing my bosses. Like that's how I perceived myself. Like it was oh. school. Like I wasn't getting an A, you know? Right. Um, and so I just felt so bad all the time. And, and um, anyway, so, so that happened, which was great. And then uh, my dad owned, has owned his own company and my mom did too. And I was like, oh yeah, people all the time start companies, right? Um, and then my, and I'm getting to your question, but this is important. So then my, my, I read the secret at the time, uh-huh. which honestly I think sucks, frankly, <laughs> as a book, <laughs> but <laughs> you can't just it did remind me, comes, right? Yeah. Right. It's like, it did remind me of one important thing, which is I, I was thinking about softball. And when I hit a line drive in softball, I wasn't thinking I suck. I was thinking I rule. Right. And I could tell that all I was thinking was how much I sucked at that time in my life constantly. Mm-hmm. And um, then my husband handed me Guy Kawasaki's The Art of the Start, which is like a you know typical entrepreneur book. And I read it to like page six or nine or wherever it is where it says, don't make a plan, just do it. And so the next day I met my first investors who gave me 50,000 bucks to start my first company. Literally. Oh my gosh. So you just yeah. happen to happenstance meet this person the very next day. Yeah, I actually had a meeting with them to, for another work-related thing. And the conversation we had just took a totally different direction. And they were like, wow, we really like you. We'd like to start a company with you. And I was like, what? Uh, so you were, getting crazy. All, yeah, you were getting all the signposts that something was supposed to shift, that something was supposed to change. And, you know, like you said, you were getting sick and all the things weren't working and you were feeling frustration and you, you weren't really seeing that pathway open up until it, 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 people started dropping the idea in for you, it sounds like. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I, the, the universe was screaming at me and I wasn't listening and, and I had to get hit over the head a little bit. You yeah. know, that was, that was a lot of my journey did the same sort of thing. I just saw myself so oh, really a corporate person and I, that's what I'd always done. And, um, I kept having people tell me, go start your own thing. I was like, I'm an, I'm a corporate person. I'm not an, an entrepreneur. Yeah. And finally, it was my husband that said to me, why aren't you doing this? <laughs> so oh, wow. Those husbands, they're so good. <laughs> I know. It's awesome to have husbands that pushes out a little bit and say, go do this. So that's awesome. That's totally awesome. Yeah. That? Oh, that's, I'm glad to know that about you. No wonder we like each other. That's exactly. cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, what was that first company? Yeah. So that was um, a, a music widget. Remember widgets? Yeah. Um, so it was like a taste-making thing where we did we paired two songs a day together, a, a new song and an old song, and um, that's all it was. And, and I did, did a good job marketing it. And um, as I was marketing it, somebody else said, hey, you're really good at marketing. How about you consult us on that? We'll pay you a lot more money, and you won't have to listen to music anymore. And I was like, yes please. <laughs> so, very, very cool. um, very that cool. was cool. So yes. And my first, um, my first client was Walmart. So that's kind of, well, that was kind of a working. big deal. That was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I want to step back because I want to hear this, this totally fascinated me. I didn't know this about you till today that, that you were a rock and roll DJ. And so totally my kind of woman for sure. So no, what, another reason why we like each other, um, how, you know, that, so that move from being a DJ to a tech startup CEO, how did that feel as you launched into that first company? Yeah, like, and so, you know, the, in the beginning, so, so I'll, I'll jump right to lately and how music has like kind of helped me here. Like in, in the beginning it was more, well, maybe I should back up. Like it was a lot of learning. We pivoted a bunch. So I actually had a few companies before I got to the marketing agency. That was actually the impetus for lately, which is marketing software. Um, but, but over the years, radio has stuck with me a lot. And I, and I always, think about the lessons we've learned there. So for example, at XM, we weren't live. And so we would leave mistakes in the show um, to sound more human. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think about that a lot in the marketing that I've done over the years. Like, you know, we're both friends of Brian Kramer and Courtney Kramer, and, and they talk a lot about being human in marketing. And like, yes. that's certainly something that, you know, I think about like, you know, my job in radio was to make you um, a fan, not just a listener, and to take you on a journey and to get you to trust me. That, that was, I was really lucky. I was in that kind of radio where I was programming the music and, you know, there weren't drops between every song. Like, it was actually segues and thoughtful programming. Re very lucky to be in, uh, in that side of radio. And um, so there was this conversation that I would have a source with my listeners. It was very much two-way, you know? Nice. Um, and so... I think, yeah, so I think a lot, a lot about that all the time. There's that trust in that journey. I mean, when you're on the air, really similar to when you're public speaking, I think, is, is you have a persona. Like, it's definitely me, but it's a different me. You know, right. like, I, I, you, have, you have to turn something on because you have to have this little bit of a barrier, but you have to, um, it's, not, it's not like you're acting. But, but anyway, so I think about that. And I think about um, specifically and lately, like, we the way I market lately, there's a voice, very specific voice. And that voice is definitely a persona, but it's clearly me. Like right. we call, 
my team calls me Kately, for God's sakes. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that little blonde chick all over the website, that's me, Kately. Um, and so I think about that. I think about how in radio, I used to, the best lesson that one of my early mentors um, taught me was, um, when there is silence on the radio, that's when people listen the most closely. That's when you turn it up. Um, and so I learned to leave silence. I learned to pause um, and and sort of do that thing to sort of create that more interactive experience. So I think about that in writing a lot because I do a lot of writing for my marketing. Uh-huh. And um, I'm, I'm getting ahead, but like I, I think like... I, I think that the best marketers I think in the world are public radio, right? These are people that go back to our pockets every quarter and keep getting us to give them money, which is hard, really hard to do, you know? Um, And what is it about them that makes us do that? Right. So there's this huge emotional piece that I, that there's something about the theater of the mind, like audio only and the emotional piece that I'm constantly thinking about all those little things I learned. How do I put it into um, what I'm doing now? Um, so, I love yeah. that. I love the analogy of, of, of the pause. I love the analogy of how that, com- that connection, that community that you are building, that relationship that you're building from the radio perspective ties into your, your work as a CEO today, as a marketer. And I even think about, you know, being a client of yours, I, I have so much respect for the connection and the community that that you create with your clients. And, you know, your clients do know you. And and, and I think that's what makes it feel really special. And I and I feel special then as a client, right? Because I have that that connection with you. Um so I think that's really beautiful. That's so awesome. Thank you. Like we, you, you are special, Kenny, um, mm. just so you know, um, <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, but, but, um, we, you know, one of the things I think about is like, um, smiling, right? So that's another radio trick that right. you learn. Um, right. and so you, I'm sure you know this from your podcasting is, um, it sounds a lot different. And I'm, if, if I'm like your extraordinary women radio interview is tomorrow, as opposed to your extraordinary women radio is tomorrow. Like I yeah. literally just smiled right? and it's a different sound. Right. And so like, how do we do that through email, through chat? Like, how does my, how do I make you feel special in that way as a customer through the product? How yeah. I smile at you. Yeah. 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 And even how, I mean, even in like in a social communication, so many of us are doing social communications. How do you bring that smile into social communications? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's just the, the, the being yourself business, which like, yes. it sounds so obvious and so, so cliche, but like for me, that was a changing point in, in this whole, um, in the whole like women tech kind of thing. Like one of my tech mentors, you know, kept saying, be yourself, just be yourself, be yourself. And I was like, so I tossed it away. I was like, yeah, duh, I'm myself, you know, but I wasn't, I wasn't being myself. And then I realized like my, so, so myself is super goofy and kind of embarrassing. I, I'm one of those, like, I'm very Chevy Chasey, you know, I really do humiliating things. And like, I swear like a sailor in real life. Um, also. And like, I mean, I just, it is what it is. I don't, I have, I wear jeans and cowboy suits in a t-shirt every day and that's kind of it. Like I don't really have any other clothes and who cares. And so instead of like going to business meetings, wearing a business suit and 
you know, putting on these manners that aren't really mine. <laughs> like yes. I just stopped yeah. all that, yes. you know? Um, yes. I love it. So, I told it. you just get to show up as you. And then, then it's, then you can have real connections and real communications because you are showing up just as you. And it's, it's, it's so much easier. Yeah. And I think also like not to sound kind of like a jerk, but like, I feel like I'm giving other people permission to be themselves at the same time. Right. 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 So how did you come up with the idea for lately? Tell us that story. Yeah. So, so with Walmart being the, 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 I was introduced to Walmart through, well, my, through, it was, it was the National Disability Institute. That was actually my client. And they put me on the Walmart project who was funding this, them. So it was kind of convoluted, but anyway, so it was Walmart and it was a combination, a collaboration between Walmart, National Disability Institute, and then United Way Worldwide and a tech company. And, um, they were promoting a free tax prep software for people who live under the poverty line for the most part. And, um, they were working with about 20,000 local affiliates, so small businesses and other nonprofits all over the country. And so these are two radically different groups of marketers, corporate and local, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. And so for my own sanity, I built this insanely complicated yet very thorough spreadsheet that just organized everything. It was milestones and contacts and social media content and press releases and all the analytics from radio campaigns to, you know, newspapers, like you name it, it was in my spreadsheet for 20,000 contacts and everything else, right? Just bananas. Yes. Um, and so what it, what it allowed me was 100% disability. And I saw um, crazy redundancies, but I also saw like super marketing 101 no no's happening across the board, even up at Walmart and United Way Worldwide. And so, um, through the spreadsheet and that just being organized, it got us 130% ROI year over year, the three years I did that. Yeah. So, you, because you were seeing it all in one view versus in a whole lot of different views. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it was really like, I was kind of crazy about it. Like I really get into being organized. And so I was like pulling in stats for, from every little location across the country. And so I could really have this understanding. And Walmart and had the stats first understanding. Of, of, of campaign results and, and touch points and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, you name it. I mean, literally, not only the stats, but the content itself, the to-do lists of everybody. Um, like, I you know, I saw that like... 20 people were, you know, at least were, were making the same press release. So I was like, how about we just make a template and then we let people customize it locally, right? Right, right. Um, So we thought of stuff like that. We actually, so I did this crazy thing, which you know now is what Lately's Omni Analytics is, which is I took Google AdWords, Google, uh, Google Analytics year over year. And so I showed the second year with the higher, you know, bumps. And then I made a PowerPoint and I... Clicked, I made these clickable links down to each part of the graph that showed what we did. So it would say <laughs> satellite media radio tour, <laughs> press release from so-and-so and out this way. And you could click through, go to a Google Doc, get a bigger picture of the stats, see like, a, you know, you could see a comp of what happened and all these things. And Walmart said for the first time, they're like, oh my God, now we understand what marketing does. Oh. <laughs> 
Which and is so huge that was, because nobody understands what marketing does. Right, exactly. And, you yeah. know, I was in the marketing when I was in the corporate world. That was my background. Was I was I was a VP of marketing, so I totally get oh. the 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 challenge that that you know trying to share what marketing does within organizations. Um, yeah, so you saw this, you know, as you started creating this within a spreadsheet and with Google Docs, you saw an opportunity to create something that was really an application. Yeah, actually, well, so I was doing the same thing for all my clients, <clears throat> smaller companies too, and I saw similar results. And then my friend Steve was a serial, he is a serial entrepreneur and um, an investor and a former um, tech guy. And we were friends and he'd heard about my Walmart story and he kept asking about my spreadsheets and all my customers over the years. And <clears throat> so actually it was his idea because he was the one who said, <clears throat> excuse me, hey, why don't we automate your spreadsheets and we'll make some, um, what do you call them? Wireframes and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He just said all this language. I didn't know what it meant, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, we just need $25,000. And I was like, seriously, leave me alone. I just spent 40 years of my life saving up $25,000 to buy my first house, which is what I was doing at that point. And I was like, get away from me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so he took the money out of his own pocket and brought together Jason DeBacco, who you know from lately, because they've yes. been working together for a number of years. And mm-hmm. they built the wireframes and they delivered them to me on the 8 o'clock on a Sunday night after Christmas which was really irritating to me because I could only take vacations when my clients were taking a vacation and I was on vacation. And um, he says that after that night, I was a lot nicer to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. So there, you're almost being pushed down. You need to do this. You need to do this. And then you go go and you raise $2.2 million. So how did that happen? And I mean, it's difficult for women to raise capital is what I have heard. Um, was yeah. that the case? Was it was it different as a woman raising capital? Tell us a little bit about the journey of raising your two point two million. Yeah, I am going to write such a great book someday, but um, it it's definitely hard. I hate to say it's harder because, like, I've never thought I've always been the only woman in a room and in like a million places before, but it never that didn't occur to me that that was I was. But mm-hmm. anyways, it's the spotlight is really on you is certainly in the tech world, like before the me too stuff. Um, you know, the, nothing could have prepared me for venture capitalists, generally speaking better than radio. Cause it's, you know, really a lot of the same, um, men stuff, you know, boys clubby to the, to the nth degree. I'm pretty lucky because our investors are actually super wonderful, but we made, we made sure that was the case. Like we actually said no to, at this point, I think over a million bucks of people who we didn't want to work with because they just, for whatever reason, sucked. Right. Um, and certainly, there was sexual harassment. I mean, I mean, I don't. It's not so direct um, to, in my case, but like what I have noticed is harder. Is like you just get treated different, mm-hmm. um, which I just find annoying. Um, there's certainly the time wasting is higher um, because people don't want to say no to a woman which is really annoying oh, because like, so they'll drag you on further. They'll drag you on. Yeah. And that's so really frustrating. So you learn that, you know, um, the, the you learn it the hard way basically. And you, the, I mean, general, the general rule is you just expect to do everything twice as good as the guys. Right. So it's 2%. I think the number was 2% of all venture capital goes to female 
Yeah, that number is just crazy to me. And I have a couple of clients who are in the, in the space of raising capital for their companies right now. What advice would you give them um, as they're both of them are, are, are starting out fairly early in this journey of raising capital. What advice would you offer to them? Yeah, um, they can totally call me. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give them customer advice. But the, the best advice I can say is own the room, right? Okay. So um, when I walk into a room, I, I do own the room phys- physically um, and then also locally. And it's everything from just always talking louder even if there's a microphone or if there's only two people in the room, you're projecting your voice um, louder because you're always competing with people's cell phones, other entrepreneurs, and you want to be the one that's the best, that's, that they remember the most, right? Because especially early, it's all emotion-based investing. Um, and so you are the, are the company, right? Um, and then I find, generally speaking, with, with male investors, like you have to, you have to extra own them. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, got, you, you, you have to be commanding. So like you don't, there is no, I think it's, I know. Yes. You know what I mean? The language that you're yeah. using has got to be really strong and, and confident and nothing soft. Yeah. Not so you can still be front. Like I smile a lot and I crack jokes, but like, yeah. you know, I, 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 you have to, I don't know how to say it other than like, you're, you own it. You're the you're the star and you got to make sure that they know that you're driving that ship. And, and, and showing up. And one of the things that I want to just explore with you, because you said this early on, you know, showing up as you, you know, showing up as Kate, Kately, if you will, um, yeah. you know, with that face of everything that is authentically you, but still being, you know, in that, um, that really strong space. How do you, how do you balance all of that? Um, it's hard. <laughs> I, you know, I have panic attacks. I have a lot of physical, you know, ailments that definitely scream at me. But now I listen, you know, before I, I didn't listen. And I think that's an affliction of many women that I know. Like we have amazing guts, like gut checks, yeah. but we often chew, chew it. Or, Ooh, you know, good, 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 good. Right. So yeah. before, did you so kind trying- of push through it versus stepping back and really knowing when you needed to, to, to listen? A hundred percent. That's exactly what I did because that's what I thought you were supposed to do is be tough. And like, honestly, being, being tough is knowing when to cancel the rest of the appointments that day. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's, I think like, you know, I have like you, I have a, a husband who supports me, which is so, super important and family and friends and mentors and, I'm pretty selfish, Cammy. Like I really take a lot of time for myself okay. because I learned like I have to. I sleep is the most important thing. And so whatever it is for me to make sure that I I sleep is happening. And mm-hmm. and that a lot of the times like to it's not going out to dinner with my friends or leaving their house at nine o'clock when the meal just started and they're like, What's up, jerk? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I might wake up at three in the morning. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know? So, so that, that taking that, care of yourself that is really, that's really important as part of the, the mix of how you, um, how you show up as a, as a powerful female CEO. Yeah. And p- partly because I'm pretty, I'm really transparent person, which serves me well, but also mm-hmm. I've had, I'm trying to learn that this right now is to be less so because as a leader, 
you know, as a CEO, you just can't show everybody everything all the time. But like, I, I get uncomfortable when I can't do that. And so it's a really, it's just a weird, you know, place to, place to navigate, but it's also dangerous and it's, it can be really exhausting. So like, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's, that's the thing that I, gra- I grapple with a lot is like, you know, how can I be, be authentic and be myself in a way that's good for, good for me, obviously, but then right. also good for the company. Right. You know? Well, if it's good for you, if you're taking care of you, then it can be good for the company because you don't take care of you. Um, and, and a couple of different CEOs that I've even interviewed in this past year have said to me, they said, you know, the most important thing I can do is take care of myself, um, take care of my mindset, take care of, um, you know, making sure that I'm making space for me and then I can really show up as, as, um, you know, full for my company. Yeah. Cause when I have a bad day, like everybody does, <laughs> right, everybody does, right. <laughs> we don't want that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. When you have a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, so well, yeah, I mean, like, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, as we're sitting here, I've got my um, diffuser putting some ginger thing in the air, and I've got my talisman Q-Link necklace on that's supposed to protect me from computer rays or God knows what. And um, I have my, you know, my little sticky notes here that say, have a great day, and you are in control, and whatever, all my little notes to myself. Um, so, like, these are just some of the things that I, yeah. you know, I do, right? Yeah. Maintain that's, that sanity. That's, awesome. that's totally awesome. Yeah. So what kind of advice can you pass on to other tech startup CEOs that, that you would, you know, really, that could really help them? Um, you are awesome, Kimmy. Um, let's see. I think that, you know, for, for, for anybody, like focus is something that I'm really learning about as well. Um, mm-hmm. I find like there's so many things that are grabbing my attention every second of every day and, it's interesting because there's definitely a time for multitasking, whatever the science says, and there's definitely a time for focus and it's choosing what to focus on. Sometimes I choose to focus on maybe not the important thing, the most important thing. I just choose to focus on what I feel like I can accomplish or do, or is going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like I remember feeling, I remember reading something a while ago that says, if you're, if you're a <clears throat> entrepreneur, like it said, the headline was do your laundry do your work, not your laundry. Right. Right. And I thought BS on that. Like I need to take a break and do my laundry right. when I'm working. Right. Like, it gives me that headspace to do that. Like, I think you should, should do that. Um, and so I think, you know, that's one thing. And then I think surrounding yourself, like, it's funny as a female, they want, as a female CEO in, in my world, like everybody wants you to know everything. And I think that's pointless. Why would I know everything if I can pay somebody else to know it for me? And so like, you know, I have a working knowledge of tech, for example, to enough to be dangerous, but I also have a CTO who like specializes in that and lives and breathes it. So like, let him do it. Um, but I think that, you know, there's... I feel, I don't feel embarrassed about that. Like people, I'm not, I just say it like, this is not my specialty. Right. It's his fine. Right. You know? And then that lifts him up in what he's able to do as well, because you're, you're putting trust and faith into him as well. Yeah, for sure. And it takes, there's this pressure for us to know everything about everything. And I just think that's just crazy. 
you know, like whatever. There's a guy who changes my oil. Awesome. I, you know, I don't know how to. <laughs> yep. Whatever. So let's talk about marketing. Um, let's talk about sure. the world of marketing because you are so entrenched into the world of marketing. And um, I, I know as a marketer myself for more than 25 years, there's been so much shift in the world of marketing that these past 10 years, but you know, you think about what, how it's changed in the past five years and actually the past couple yeah. of years even. And there's so much noise out there and there's so much information out there. And I think our listeners that are, are tuning in today, it's what, how do, how do they stay relevant in, in their social presence with so much noise that's out there? And how do you envision the world of marketing is going to be shifting in front of us? Yeah, those are thoughtful questions. Um, it's interesting because while all this stuff has been changing and changes so quickly, what, what seems to change to me is really the technology, whereas like the basics of marketing are the same since whoever invented the wheel, right? Which is right. emotion is everything. That's mm-hmm. what we, we all buy. That's what mm-hmm. we sell if we buy, right? right? And so I'm constantly thinking about that. And, and it's hard, especially when you're selling a product that no one's heard of and you get, you know, we're, we get caught talking about features all the time. Right, right. <laughs> Even I have to be like, stop talking about the features. Talk about what, how it makes people feel. Right. You know? Right. And um, does it feel, do you feel confident? Do you feel sane um, or, or whatever? And so I think that's, that hasn't changed, but it's, it's interesting. Like with Facebook, for example, like tech will always find a way to work around stuff and everybody wants to automate things because we're busy and maybe we're lazy or whatever. I hope that it'll force us to be more analogy because that's what, that's the human thing. That's the authentic thing we're talking about, right? right. That's the interesting thing. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, I also want the automation because, like, I'm busy, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Um, but I think of it like, in it, it's, there's two, I feel like there's two kinds of people out there. And I mean this super lovingly, not like in people's souls, but like, as far as the business world is, you're either a broadcaster or you're a fan right? Mm-hmm. Um, metaphorically speaking. And mm-hmm. so the, the, like you can afford to automate if you're a broadcaster, but if you're a fan, like less so I, I, that's just sort of backwards in my mind. I'm wondering if that's making sense, but like, it's a different, just less demand. There's less demand, you know? Um, right. Does that make any sense? It's making sense. And I think when I think about (laughs) it, it's like the, um, to me, that that keeping the human thread, the human and the human conversations in the midst of, and what I, what I, where I see the opportunity is, is that the automation allows, um, the marketing automation allows pieces to go out, but then the, the rich conversations that play take place amongst those those um those different marketing elements or those different posts or those different communications that go out it's it's the it's what happens within that yeah exactly and i mean i was thinking like so for me as a ceo right i take time as you know to try to individually converse with our customers and i know the, I know who all 158 of them are at this moment, um, but I won't 
soon and I'm already losing track of it. I already don't actually have a relationship with all of them right now, you know, as, mm-hmm. as we speak, mm-hmm. getting bigger. And um, so how do I continue that, right? Like, and, and I can't, I won't be able to do it through an email or a conversation anymore. Right. Right. I just, right. It's, I it's the scalability so I, I, just doesn't work. Yeah. So like, I want automation for that because I want to be able to like, communicate in a larger way, but like at the same time, maintain some sort of personality through the communication so that you feel like I'm, I'm talking to you directly, which is back to the radio thing. Right. You know, like we used to, um, literally my, another one of my mentors, Jody Peterson used to, um, say to put a picture of a person who you want to talk to in the studio with you. And so you're looking at her or him when you're talking in the microphone. So you're talking to one person instead of yeah, 20 million listeners. And like, wow, that really worked. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think about that all the time. Like, how right. do we, how do we do this? So I, I, it's interesting. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know, I, I, I hope that people will be more thoughtful. I think that's the, we're clearly, I think that's, I think that's, that's, the, that's really important. Yeah. The thoughtfulness of how you, how you develop content, how you put content out and how, how your audience engages with that. And, you know, and from your perspective, yeah. as you're growing, as you're growing larger and the scalability comes, it's like your voice going out one to many is, is the approach that it has to take. And how do you create that environment where they really do feel you, they really do understand who you are as a person. So that doesn't get lost in mm-hmm. the midst of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's for all of us. It's, it's like, how do we keep our personality of who we are, the, the, the brand of who we are, the, the, the authentic who we are, and share mm-hmm. that with the world, um, whether it's one-to-many or one-to-one? And how mm-hmm. do we engage with that in, in, in a meaningful way, um, in a relevant way? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I hope it propels people or compels people on the other end to be more thoughtful in the way they digest the content, you know, because right. even I'm guilty of just, you know, scrolling and swiping and not really paying attention to something when I probably should have more, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. so with all the recent data security issues at Facebook and with the Cambridge Analytica, how do you see social, the social media world adjusting in the next few years um, from a security perspective, from what kind of the fallout of that? Yeah, I mean, we definitely were grappling with this a little bit um, our, as a company, just trying to trying to figure out it out ourselves. I mean, my gut says with Facebook that this is it'll probably blow over, and mm-hmm. people will forget about this pretty quickly, and Facebook will find a way to make advertisers happy because that's honestly advertisers want that you know i want that like uh, we use facebook to advertise it's helpful to us you know i think that um you know i mean i think the transparency thing is interesting like i i don't feel as though facebook hasn't been transparent i personally every month i go in and i delete all those interests that they're attaching to me and i know why they did because i like something right but it'll the weirdest things will show up, but, but I'm aware of that. Like we all check the box. I agree. So like, I don't, I feel like it's pretty rich for all these people. they like, Oh, I'm out of Facebook because I had no idea this. And I'm like, really? You thought this was just a free friendly thing? Like what planet are you on? You know, <laughs> yes. water isn't even free, you know? <laughs> right. Um, 
So it's sort of, again, this goes just back to the thoughtfulness. Like I don't, I don't need more transparency in my tech because I feel like it's pretty damn transparent, frankly. Right. Um, but I, I want, I need, I need more activity, I guess, from my, from people. And so like, I hope that, um, the, the, I mean, this is, goes from voting to anything you can think of, but like, what's the onus on the human to, you know, to make this, make this better ourselves? Like that's kind of, it just seems really one-sided to me. Um, yeah. Be more aware what you're, but. you're putting in and being real, what you're putting out there. I mean, it's, I, I think in my own privacy settings are pretty wide open. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of my, it's where my business is, right. It's where I, I engage with a sure. lot of people in my community. So it's on purpose. Um, and so right. it, it is on the onus on us as far as what we are putting out into the world that is, that, that we're, that we're sharing in that kind of a venue. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, how that all balances out though, I believe. Yeah. I mean, we're noticing like as a super small little company, right? Like we don't have a lot of the same benefits that their companies get and with, you know, Facebook APIs or whatever it is. And so we're, we're always kind of clawing and fighting to give customers like the same things that they expect from another company mm-hmm. that's been a longer, been around longer than us. And so it's interesting for me to watch that um, because like the more, the more these restrictions happen, the less I get access as a company, I get access to that stuff, which is annoying to me. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, that's the one thing I would like to see is more of a democratic, um, I guess, availability of, you know, what, what they're offering to big giant companies to people like us. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So Kate, what legacy do you want to be known for? You know, I didn't write anything down on this question that you were nice enough to give me beforehand because I thought, wow, <laughs> so it gets to just one. come from your heart, right? <laughs> this one, I really, I was, I, I thought about this and I thought legacy. Um, and I think, you know, it's so funny. This is not answering your question, but there's a, there's a gift store where I go to buy my cards and, um, they, I'll just tell you a story and avoid the question. They, um, have mm-hmm. two, lots of cards and they've, they've sympathy cards, um, which I buy sympathy cards a lot. We have had many deaths in the family and I think it's, I know that it's very important to, um, acknowledge the death of, of other humans and sending a card is an important part of that among other things. And, um, so anyways, I went there and I bought two cards because I had two friends who both lost their moms at the same time. And I bought the same card. Oh, it was a husband and a mom. And I sent one the card and I was about, and then I went in the mail and I was about to send the other card and they were nice cards. They had little footprints going by the ocean and it said something nice about memories and it was a letterpress and beautiful card. And I was writing my message and I realized, oh my God, those are not footprints. Those are dog prints. Oh. And I <laughs> had sent my friend a a death of a dog card. Um, and the reason I'm telling you this is because I was one of the cards that they do have there is this hilarious card, and it said she she died doing what she loved best, which is uh, swearing profusely. And I was talking to the store owner about that the other day, and I was like, you know, by the way, if if I ever kick the bucket. I, 
that's the card I want someone to give about me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he started laughing. He's like, okay, I'll make a note for your like death registry. Yeah. You know, like you're so, so weird. <laughs> so that's what I thought about when you says legacy, like what I, my legacy is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's such a hard question to answer because I'm not talking about Kate, the tech CEO right now. I'm just talking about Kate, the person, right. which is, I hope that somebody, I hope my legacy is like smile at something totally inappropriate would be yeah. appropriate yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. So just, just showing up all as you all in and being all you and people remembering that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the authenticity is, yeah, is essentially what we're getting to. And I think that's the most important thing. I love it. I love it. So what's next for lately? Yes. Um, we just changed from, um, outbound marketing to inbound marketing, which is sort of like an internal change. Um, but, but that's what's happening like at this moment for us, which is pretty big change. We're trying, we're learning how to do this, learning how to use content marketing to drive, um, traffic as opposed to leaning on paid advertising so much. So that's, that's kind of big, but we're also really working on, um, customer onboarding and user experience. Like those are, it's something we haven't excelled at as far as inside the product um, on purpose because that's what you do in a startup. There's, you know, you MacGyver everything and you, you kind of deal when, you know, the house is on fire, but there's like 50 houses on fire every day. Um, So you wait till like that one really needs the water. Um, So that's, that's going to be a big important move for us as we, um, as we tra- as we move into the next few months, for sure, is just making sure that new customers have a better understanding of what to do first and then next, and then how current customers are able to take advantage of what's there for them that they probably don't know because we've you know haven't done a great job of displaying it and just learning how to do a better job of educating and um, you know we're certainly doing a lot of listening. I think you know that, um, but oh, we're we're also <laughs> and, I would, and I would even just toss in there. I think you do a really excellent job of training. I mean, the, the Wednesday sessions that you leave for clients, <laughs> you're teaching a new section of the, the, you know, that's, have you seen this tool or have, I think those, those are excellent. Thank you. I love those too. And we're trying to figure out like, how do we do that for the people who don't, don't want to hang? Like, how do we make it um, more intuitive for them because there will be those people, you know, and right. um, and so and and we're learning kind of do different kinds of listening. Where like they have these things that show you heat maps, to, to, like so I can see what people are clicking first and last and whatever, which is kind of interesting. Um, and so just trying to think of you know what are we? we I've never done this before, right? So right. constantly asking asking the questions of like what's the what's the most important thing to pay attention to first. And like we say, it's always you, like you're the most important thing because I worked really hard to get you and don't, I don't want you to leave me, you know? Um, which is hard because of course, like in the meantime, my, my investors want me to scale really quickly. And so I also have to be thinking about, well, how do I get like thousands of more of you in really right now? Right. Right. So that's, that's the, there's the big growth trajectory that you'll be going on. And, you know, I came out of the software industry. So it is, you know, it's, it's um, knowing that, knowing that trajectory that companies take to go to that next, next phase of their business is always um, a fascinating time and an exciting time for companies to move through. Um, God and, willing. 
And, yeah, and, and, and balancing the how do you how do you keep the you know the the, the close relationships with customers and give them the the learning tools to to move through that. So it's um, I think you guys actually do an excellent job of of taking care of us. Um, I think you know your philosophy on on, on taking you. care of customers shines through, and I feel it as a customer. So. That's you. so good to hear because I'm having like major imposter day. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> and doesn't that happen for all CEOs? I mean, I think that's <laughs> the, the um, you know, and I think that's yeah. one of the things that I, over the course of this past year, first year of, of doing this podcast and so many CEOs that I've talked to, it's like, they all say that. It's like, we, I have those days where imposter syndrome shows up and it's like, you know, that happens for all of us. And, um, mm. You know, we keep moving through it, and guess what? We feel better the next day. It's true. It's, it's, you're a day away from from it going away. Yeah, That's absolutely. What I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, what three pearls of wisdom can you leave with our audience today? Um. Well, on that note, um, uh, well, to, uh, something not serious, which is I was also going to. I was what I was going to say was I'm only a few hours away from. Uh, a shot of tequila. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did recently trade wine for tequila. Oh, there which, you go. <laughs> for for other people out there who are you know always watching their waiter dealing with whatever, like wow, what a miracle! It like amazingly changed my life. Like I'm not, it, I'm not sleepy. The calories are like half. Um, that was a tip from from our friends Brian and Courtney. And um, anyways, one of the things that is important to me when I'm dealing with investors and all that is feeling good. And I personally am pretty vain. I feel good when I look good. Um, So, you know, food is something I don't think about and wine and whatever. Um, But I think more on a serious note is um, the listening to the gut that we talked about earlier, how important that is. Um, I, I don't know if I told you, but like... I actually, I have a partial permanent disability, so I can't, um, I don't type at all. I use voice activated software full time and whatever. This is, this is what happened to me when I was at XM. Like my body was literally screaming like, this is not a good situation for you. Get out. How much more do you need to hear this? And it took me so a long enough to, so that's why I listed now. Like first sign of any pain, I'm like, oh, this has got to go, you know? Yes. Um yes. So that's a big one. And then I guess the third one, um, I think that the smiling thing is so important. It sounds super silly, but like on a call, on a um, Zoom meeting where you were sharing or Skype, I've noticed like what a different effect it has on people. Like when we, because we do demos a lot, right? So we're, we're screen sharing and actually mm-hmm. looking through people on video. And if I'm I'm smiling, they're smiling. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helpful, you know, emotion is the sale, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so. So smiling. There's my, there's my, yeah. Yeah. When I'm smiling. smiling Plus, it's good for you, right? Yeah. Totally. You're smiling. Yeah. You sound Absolutely. like it. You have a great voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this, this has been so much fun, Kate. I really appreciate it. And um, I will share. I love you. Love you too. Um, what's your website? Thank I, didn't, you. I didn't ask that for everyone. So tell everyone what your oh, website Oh, yeah. Thank you. Look at me. I forget too. It's trylately.com. So it's T-R-Y-L-A-T-E-L-Y.com. Trylately.com. Thanks, Cammy. Yeah. For all my entrepreneur friends and marketing friends, go check it out. It is um, an amazing tool and it certainly makes my life easier. 
Um, you know, and I don't know that I even mentioned to this to you recently, Kate, but I took a lot of time off last month, um, to, to spend with my sister and, um, who, who I just lost to cancer and, um, oh. yeah. And she, and, and during that time, the lately software kept my stuff going and I was still able to engage and I was still, but it, the lately product was a really useful product for me that helped me, um, you know, really keep my business going while I went and spent some really valuable time with my sister. So, um, know that not only from a, you know, a day to day kind of basis, that actually offered me, uh, gave me space to go do something that was most important in my life. So, um, anyway, I, I wanted to share that with you. Oh my God. I can't believe you said that to me and thank you so much and I'm 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 actually crying and um I'm oh. so sorry about your sister also. Oh, thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. Um well keep doing the wonderful things you're doing and putting out into the world and um I love having a connection in the community with you and being in community with you and um, I really look forward to seeing where where lately goes. Yeah me too. I'm I'm uh, hugging you from New York. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at CammieGellner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.